Quickly, I turned and ran for the stairs. All of a sudden, I felt something push me on the back, and I went flying through the air. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, like always, I want to thank everyone for all your emails and feedback. The podcast audience is really starting to grow, and it's all thanks to you sharing it with your friends and family. And I've gotten a lot of great emails over the past few months. I really do love hearing from you, and I always reply back. So feel free to write to me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. I also want to thank Bridget Guild, Harold Jussar, Heather Gilland, and Kerry Nado for supporting the podcast. If you'd like to help me keep the podcast going, you can make a donation by Venmo or PayPal at my website, myparanormalstory.com. Or if you'd just like to say thanks for the podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal. Every little bit helps. Oh, and one more thing. If I could just ask you for a small favor. I recently started adding the podcast to a YouTube channel, and it would really help me out a lot if you would subscribe to it. Just go to youtube.com slash myparanormalstory and click the subscribe button. Thanks so much for all of your support. And now, here's episode 58. I've been hesitant to tell this story for a while now. When I tell stories on this podcast, I always try to stress things like safety and responsibility. I want to be seen as someone who is setting a good example when it comes to paranormal exploration. But I'm not proud of my actions on this day. And I'm lucky I didn't suffer any serious injuries. It's very easy to forget about the risk and the danger when you set out on an adventure to seek the unknown. The desire for that thrill can sometimes lead you into unsafe situations. And I'm embarrassed to admit that many years ago, that's exactly what I did. So I implore you, please, do not do what I did. Do not trespass. Do not go into abandoned buildings or explore unsafe places without permission or proper safety precautions. It's just not worth it in the end. Sometime in the late 1990s, maybe early 2000s, a couple of friends and I decided it would be fun to go exploring the Ladd School in Exeter, Rhode Island. Andy had been there a couple of times with other friends, and he told us about the experiences that he had there. He was all but sure that the place was haunted. And I grew up in Rhode Island, hearing all the stories and legends about the Ladd School. So I, of course, was eager to check it out for myself. When it was first built in the early 1900s, it was called the Rhode Island School for the Feeble-Minded. 
but it was hardly an institution for education. It seems like no matter which state you go to, there are always stories or legends of old abandoned hospitals, asylums, and schools that turned out to be houses of horror for those who were kept there. And the Lad School is Rhode Island's version. In the early 1900s, people with mental deficiencies and disabilities were often sent away to these schools to be cared for and educated by doctors and professors. At least, that was the idea, anyway. But many folks just wanted these people, the feeble-minded, to be removed from society. They wanted to rid the world of their defective genes. And most families struggled to care for loved ones who suffered from such conditions. And these schools were their only option. Now back then, doctors and professors had very little idea what illnesses and conditions they were dealing with. Science and medicine just hadn't developed enough knowledge yet. In some cases, we still don't fully understand some of the conditions. And many of these facilities, including the Lad School, became overcrowded. They were being run by doctors and scientists who were frustrated at their lack of progress. In the 1940s, Dr. Joseph Ladd took over the school in Exeter, and he legitimately tried to change the school's inhumane treatment of its residents. He tried to improve the living conditions. But the state continued to send more and more people into his care. In many cases, these patients he was receiving were violent or criminal. And eventually, Dr. Ladd found himself understaffed and unable to control many of the residents. And in 1955, a 20-year-old resident murdered a disabled child at the school. And Dr. Ladd was forced to resign. From the 1960s until the 1990s, the Ladd School was run by several different superintendents, all who suffered many of the same issues with housing, funding, and staff. The 70s and 80s saw a rise in public outcry for institutions like the Ladd School to be closed down. And eventually, in 1993, the governor of Rhode Island shut down the Ladd School for good. But for many years after, all of the buildings on the campus remained empty and abandoned. Most of them have been removed today, but for many years, they stood as tempting targets for vandals and urban explorers. Much like most of these institutions across the nation, there have been many stories of horrors taking place inside. And there are many witnesses who came forward over the years, telling tales of abuse and suffering at the Ladd School. I won't go into the gory details of many of these stories, but there were many cases where residents were strapped to their beds for days at a time or locked in rooms alone with no human contact. Many 
were unable to communicate or even show emotion. And in some cases, they were unnecessarily tortured with weekly hot showers from a pressure hose or having their teeth and fingernails removed with no anesthesia. In the early years, many of the residents were forced to be sterilized so they could not reproduce. And some were allegedly experimented on with painful and debilitating surgeries and drugs. They say many people suffered at the lad school and many died there as well. Most cremated or buried in unmarked graves right there on the campus. And even today, for me, it's hard to believe that these things were still happening just 30 years ago, literally within my lifetime. It was a late summer, early fall evening. Andy parked the car on a side road and led me and Jenny through a small section of woods. We all had flashlights, but it was still hard to see if we were walking on a path or not. We just kept following Andy and after a few minutes, we came to a clearing. On the other side, I could see a large brick building looked sort of like a school. And as we kept walking, I spotted another building, just like it, right across the way. Everything was pretty much overgrown. The grass was knee-high, and the abandoned buildings all had trees and bushes and vines growing out of control all over them. It was as if nature was slowly reclaiming the area. As we walked past the brick buildings, they looked as if they were staring at us with their boarded up windows and doors. We slowly continued through the complex and eventually came up to what was known as the hospital building. It was a strange, tall, round building, about four stories high, tan and orange with windows going all around it. It looked so out of place, almost like it was from another planet. Andy led us up to a boarded up window that wasn't attached very well. He moved it aside and we were able to climb into the building. We found ourselves in an old dark hallway with cement floors and cement tiles on the walls. It reminded me more of an old high school than a hospital. The building smelled like rotting trash, and you could hear water dripping from every direction. The air felt damp and thick as we quietly walked down the hallway. We slowly stepped down the hallway and eventually reached a section of doors I turned to check out the room on my left. It was mostly empty, except for a bunch of debris and plaster that had fallen from the ceilings and walls. And in one corner, there was a huge puddle 
from rain getting into the building, from somewhere, I suppose. But in the middle of the room, there was a strange-looking chair bolted into the ground. It had a large light fixture hanging from the ceiling above it, and the chair was made out of wood, had some old torn-up padding on it. It was positioned on an angle, sort of like a dentist's chair, except this chair had old leather straps hanging from the arms and the back. It was pretty creepy, and I had no desire to sit in it. I continued checking out the room when I heard Andy whisper, Tom, come check this out. In the room across the hall from mine, Andy and Jenny were in what appeared to be a similar type of exam room. Except this one had what looked like a long porcelain sink in the middle. It was large and oval, kind of like a tub, but long enough to fit a human being laying down. It had a drain at one end and what was left of a faucet on the other. It was covered in dirt and plaster from the ceiling. and All I could do was stand there, imagining what it was used for. It made me feel more sad than scared, to be honest. As I was about to tell them about the creepy chair I saw in the other room, we all heard a strange sound coming from the floor above us. It almost sounded like someone was dragging something down the hallway. We all looked at each other as if, should we run or should we hide? We just stood there startled for a minute, and then the sound stopped. We left that room and headed down the hallway towards another set of rooms. As we approached the doorway, I could hear what sounded like metal squeaking. I shined my flashlight into the room, and to my surprise, it was filled with old bed frames. Rusty, single-sized bed frames piled up on top of each other, up against the far walls. No mattresses or pillows, just the metal frames. On one side of the room, some of the beds were still in place, as if still being used. I walked up to one of them and pressed down on it with my hand, and it was that same metal squeaking sound that I heard from the hallway. I looked around the room with my flashlight, but there was no one else in there. But I did spot something under one of the beds. It looked like a book. I got a little bit closer and I could tell it was a Bible. It was opened and placed face down on the floor, up towards the head of the bed. Andy and Jenny were checking out the room across the hall when suddenly I heard a loud thud. It echoed throughout the building. I ran out into the hall to see if they were okay, 
just as they were running out to check on me. Sounded like it came from upstairs. We stood there looking at each other, and Andy motioned with his head to follow him. He led us down the hallway and up to a staircase. We slowly tiptoed our way up the cement stairs. All I could hear was the crunching of our footsteps on the debris and dirt on the floors. The walls had graffiti on them and the large window was mostly smashed out. We turned and slowly walked up the second set of stairs, all three of us shining our lights into the second floor hallway. It looked a lot like the first floor, with the concrete and tiled walls. And as we slowly walked down the hallway, after a few steps, we stopped. And for some reason, Andy decided to yell out, Hello! And as it echoed through the building, it felt like everything had stopped. Like the whole building had gone quiet. I started getting this weird feeling like someone didn't want us there. Then it happened again. The same loud thud from before. But this time, it was louder and definitely closer. Jenny got scared and started towards the stairs. She just wanted to get out of there. And Andy followed right behind her. Before I knew it, I was standing up there by myself, when suddenly, from down the hallway, I saw what looked like the shadow of a man. I squinted my eyes trying to get a better look, but even with my flashlight, all I could make out was a dark figure, and it looked like it was getting bigger as it came towards me. I quickly turned and ran for the stairs when all of a sudden, I felt something push me on my back, and I went flying through the air down the stairs. I landed on my feet and crashed into Andy, who had seen what happened and was trying to break my fall. We both crashed into the wall, and somehow I smashed my ribs up against the windowsill. I shook it off and the three of us ran down the rest of the stairs, down the hallway, and back out the window we came in from. We got outside and we kept on running, eventually slowing down to catch our breath. With more than enough excitement for one night, we headed towards the woods. But as I turned back to look at the old round building one last time, I noticed there was a strange fog hanging above it. Circular gray fog. I don't know how else to explain it, but it was now covering like the top two stories of the building, and it seemed to be growing. I chalked it up to some kind of weird weather thing and just kept following Andy and Jenny through the woods back to the car. When we got back to Andy's house, 
I took off my shirt to see how bad the bruises were on my ribs, and Jenny noticed something on my shoulder. I went into the bathroom to look in the mirror, and I could see three red scratch marks on my shoulder, right in the same spot where I felt myself get pushed. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Remember, please do not trespass or enter dangerous places looking for paranormal activity. Always get permission and be as safe as possible. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal or just click on the donate button on my website at myparanormalstory.com. Don't forget to check out my first book called The 10 Best Tools for Ghost Hunting. If you've ever wanted to learn more about the gadgets used in paranormal investigation, you can check out my book on Audible, Kindle, or Amazon.com. And please, if you could, click on the subscribe button so you'll know when I've added new episodes. And I've also added the podcast to YouTube. You can subscribe there at youtube.com slash myparanormalstory. Feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story.